0: First of all, can I say it's really lovely to be here today to get this opportunity. So I want to say thank you to Joy and to the ladies of the PW for inviting Michael and myself to take part uh, and to share with you some of the things that uh, are happening in Ulsterville. And it's not something that's foreign to a lot of people here in in this congregation because You're involved in it already, so I'm sure you'll see that uh, as we go along. So first of all, just thank you for inviting us. And I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the Board of Mission in Ireland, uh, of which I'm an employee, have been for the last 26 years. Even though I started as an Irish mission worker, we tend to call it now Board of Mission in Ireland worker. So I work for the PCI, and I have a vested interest, I have to tell you that in your contributions to United Appeal, because it pays my wage. Uh, But something that I can say on a positive note about that is this. In 26 years in working for the Irish Mission and the Board of Mission in Ireland, I can truly say I have never lacked anything. If I need Bibles for someone who doesn't have money, the money has been there. If I need to rent a hotel to do outreach work, the money is there. So it is United Appeal that enables all of this. And the PW support that as well as this congregation. So I want to say thank you for that. That's my little plug for them. I should say before I go on, your prayers as well. Though David Bruce, my boss, has a tendency to say those people who pray are quite often the people who pay. So uh, they're one in the same. This is a a magazine which in a former time was known as the Christian Irishman. Uh, That was primarily the organ of the the Irish Mission, one of the two magazines of our church. It's now been transformed. It's been rebranded as Reach Out magazine. And and I think it's a fantastic magazine. I do have one major problem with it, though. It's far too cheap. I really believe that it is too cheap. For the quality of items that you get in this magazine, it's too cheap. Uh, It's so cheap for you today, we're going to give it away for free. So when you're leaving the building, if you don't get reach out, please lift one, have a look at it. There's an opportunity to subscribe. In it, if you think it's worth getting, please support it because uh, you do find out about the work of the Irish Mission, the work of the Deaconesses, the work of evangelists like Michael and others in Belfast and around Ireland. Excellent magazine. Please take a free one and then subscribe to it. See Lily or see me and we'll make sure you become a subscriber. So that's my little introduction. I want to talk to you today. Obviously we're going to look at John chapter 4 because uh, I think it's a fantastic passage of Scripture. But uh, I'm sure some of you, like me, watched Andrew Marr's program, the first of three programs about the Queen, and this her 60th year, isn't it, her jubilee year, 60 years on the throne. And I thought there was a very interesting thing that he shared with us about the Queen. She has her own private motto, and her motto is that she, to be believed She has to be seen. So for her last 60 years, it was started by her grandfather apparently, to up the profile of the Windsors. He went out to meet the people. So the Queen has continued with that, and a large part of her program, day in, day out, week in, week out, is meeting people and talking with them. So to be believed, she has to be seen. Now how do we relate that to our story about Jesus? Well, if it's good enough for the queen, what about the king of kings? Where is Jesus in the scriptures? All the time when we see him, Is he in, he is in synagogues, the odd time, but 99% of his time, where do we find Jesus? He's out among the people. He's out meeting people. He's out talking to people. He's not just with his own people, the Jews, but in our story today, we find Jesus... With the outsider. And in fact, I love that the the authorized version of, of John uh, chapter four, it's one of the previous verses to the ones we read, where it says, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. He had to go out of his way, and he was going out of his way to meet people who were outsiders, people who didn't belong within the Commonwealth of Israel, Samaritans and Jews, it says in the text. Did not mix. They don't get on with each other. But Jesus went out of his way to go uh, to meet a person outside of that. Another thing I love about that passage is the fact that this particular lady wasn't looking for Jesus. She wasn't looking for God. She was going about her normal business, getting that water. But where was God in her life? God was going out of his way to meet her at her point of need. And I think that's a fantastic thing to remember. We don't go looking for God. But right now, in this building and in this city, our God is looking for people. And he's speaking into your life. And he wants to make friends with you. And Jesus goes out of his way to meet this woman. And there's no doubt that she is an outsider The text tells us that the Samaritans and the Jews wouldn't even give each other a drink of water. And I want you to think of this. She's not only an outsider to the Israelites, but she's an outsider even in her own community. I know through watching tear fun films, I've seen them, that when people go for water in communities, they go together. And they go in the morning when it's cool, and they go in the evening when it's cool, But our story tells us that Jesus meets this woman at midday. In the heat of the sun, she goes out alone to get water. You see, she's been ostracized. She's been put even within an outsider community. She's an outsider. And there's no doubt, doesn't Jesus have a way of putting his his finger right on her problem? When, she says to her, when he says to her, go and get your husband. Oh, no. I know the police do this. If they can get you to admit to just half a truth, they'll winkle away at it till they get the rest out of you. And she admits to just a little bit, no, I haven't got a husband, which is true. But you see, the real truth is Jesus knows her heart, and he knows your heart, and he knows my heart. <clears throat> he knows that her real problem is one of sin, that she hasn't got a husband. She's had five husbands. You see, and Jesus puts his finger right on it and he comes to meet the outsider. And, you know, uh, he came and he said that he had come that, to seek and to save the lost. That was his mission. He came to give people life that they may have it more abundantly. And I'd like to share with you now just a couple of things of what we do in Ulsterville because uh, what we do in Ulsterville is in many ways... Uh, ...trying to reach the outsider. That's our first little slide. And uh, that's the Ulsterville Presbyterian Church on the Lisburn Road. Uh, That's where we have our drop-in. And it's interesting because uh, Fitzroy is involved in that as well... ...because uh, my wife and I had started coming to Fitzroy... ...when we first came to Belfast in March 2010... And one of the first things your minister said to me when I I went to visit him to talk about areas of how we could work, he said to me, you should get a hold of that Ulsterville church before they sell it because it's empty. And uh, I thought, right. That's it. So I approached the commission of presbytery who are charged with the disposal of this asset after the congregation moved on. The building was left empty. And I said, could I use this building as a drop-in center for people, just for anybody? And they said, yes, well, you can have it, but you can only have it for three months because we intend to sell it. So I said, okay. So we moved into it. And that was 20 months ago, and we're still in it. But the building is being sold, and uh, for us, that's quite good because we've kind of filled the place now, and uh, we're going to move on to somewhere better and somewhere bigger. And we're hoping to move this summer. But that's the building that we use for a drop-in. And the first thing I did was I got some... uh, I got some... Signs in different languages, just advertising free English classes and advertising a drop-in for people to come in for tea and coffee. And that guy there, I don't know if he's in church today, he said he was going to come. Stick up your hand if you're here. (laughs) No, he's not here. He was our very, very first visitor. His name's Callan. He's from Bulgaria. And he's still a, a visitor. He still visits us and he's Really, come on. He had never been in church before. I took him to church a few times with me. He studies the Bible with us on a Monday night, and he's now living his life as a Christian. He's committed his life to Christ. And uh, a good question to ask at this point is why do we do this? Why do we do it? Well, first of all, we do it because Jesus did it. He went to seek and to save those outsiders outside his own community. And the truth is, friends, that in Belfast today, we have many different nationalities. Another reason why we do it is because if you go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Leviticus, it tells us there God's instruction through Moses to the people of Israel was, love the foreigners as you love yourselves. And what does it say right in Revelation in chapter 7? It says that before the the throne of God... There will be a vast throng of people from every tribe and tongue and nation. So we do it because it's God's plan to include everyone in his thoughts and in his way. We do it as well because the Bible tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Now, it also tells us in that passage in Corinthians that so because of that, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. If you're in Christ today, you can no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view. That's what the, the instructions of Scripture is. My family... Some of them might say to me, Are You still working with them migrant workers? Stealing our jobs? I can't get it. my daughter can't get a house. See when you go to the doctors, you can't get an appointment anymore. And the dentist, it's sitting full of them. No. That is a worldly point of view. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and we're not allowed to have that. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We regard people as people like Christ here when he met this woman at the well. Yes, she was a sinner. Yes, she was deep in sin and she was an outsider. But Jesus thought it was worth his while to go out of his way to confront this woman and to lead her to the truth And the truth was that he is the savior of the world and that his message is for everybody from anywhere. So that's what we do. We try to reach people who are outsiders in our drop-in. We did start one day a week, but uh, we've now sort of moved on. And when we move to our new premises, I believe we're going to expand our activities even further. And that will include people here in Fitzroy because we do these things together. Okay, we'll move on a little bit. Uh, I show this slide because one of the things that we did the first Christmas we were there in the drop-in, we had such a successful night with 70 or 80 people with food from all over the world and we sang carols and brilliant night that I thought it's a really good idea, food ...is one of the key things that we do... ...and it's one of the key attractions... ...and it was a thing that I saw in Fitzroy here... ...these lunches... ...that you do once a month... ...are so good... ...because it was the persistence of Eileen McGill... Uh, ...in asking me to come to one of those meetings... ...and uh, those lunches in her house... ...that showed me just... ...I really like this place... ...and I like what they do... ...and they care about me... ...so we ended up here in Fitzroy... ...so I thought... After the success of our Christmas uh, party, was that in 2010? It must have been. Let's start a bring some, share some lunch. And actually in another hour's time, it's over there uh, in Ulsterville. That's why my wife can't be here. She's setting up for our lunch. So what we do once a month on a Sunday is we bring people who come to the English classes, who come to the drop-in, and we don't feed them We feed each other and everybody who comes brings a little bit of food. And you bring some food and you share it with others and it's purely a social thing. But we have about usually between 40 and 60 people coming along to that. And I'm hoping that later in this year that we'll be able to expand that and and do more with that. But it's a fantastic way and we find food is very important. So we'll be having our bring some, share some lunch in about an hour's time. It's the second Sunday in every month. Move along. Uh, The bean counters love numbers. Uh, So just before Christmas, we did a straw poll. We did six questions asking people what country you were from, what uh, religion you were, what, what was your BT code, whether you were employed or unemployed. Just five or six very simple questions. And we only counted the people who come in Uh, new heads so if Mahmood for instance came in in the morning and then went home and came back in the afternoon and came back to the English class we only counted him once so it was fresh heads and you can see on that day before Christmas we had 75 people I think from about 17 different countries now how local and Ulster are different I'm not sure (laughs) one person must have declared UDI. Makes a change from the UDA, but the UDI. But uh, a sizable amount of the people there, the biggest part of that pie are local people. It's local people who come to our drop-in, as well as people you can see from China, Iran, blah, 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 on you go. Depends very much on the day. You can see there are four Somalians there that came in that day. Well, since that We've had a real increase in the, in the number of, of Somalis who come. Uh, in fact, each day when we have the drop-in, we do food. And uh, if you're in the drop-in at lunchtime, you'll get a free lunch. But we cook it ourselves. Uh, and people... So one day you might get Somalian food. Another day you might get Chinese food. Another day you may get Indonesian food or Iranian food. It just depends who's our local food. Uh, everybody was really happy. All the locals during the week because we had stew. None of them have spices a day. Is there, is there garlic in that? <laughs> so uh, we've quite a lot of local people come in and everyone who comes to our drop-in, n- almost everyone, are outsiders in one sense or another. They're either from a different country. We've got elderly local people who feel... Isolated and and they're at home and they come to us because it's a friendly place we get people who with their social workers come in we get people from just too many different types of people but all of them have one thing in common we're all in one sense or another we're all outsiders we'll move on Uh, I want to tell you just about this family it's very typical of a a family who come uh, to our drop in I'm showing you this slide because they're no longer with us. But take the woman on the far left, for instance, to start with. Her name's Dorothy. Dorothy's from Carrie Duff Baptist. And uh, she brought an Arabian family to that Christmas party in 2010 to be part of that Christmas thing that we did, her and her husband. She's always helping people from different countries. And Dorothy will probably be at the bring some share, some lunch. She's always involved in either that. Or, or another thing I'm going to show you in a minute or two. Uh, that was a, most of that's my wife in the background behind the lady uh, with the Fatima, with the headscarf. And then you have one, two, three, and four of Fatima's children. And then you have Armagan and Elham, who are, one of them's here anyway. Uh, they were baptized here. Oh, they're both here. Look, why isn't that sitting together? <laughs> Probably couldn't get out of their beds. I could point a finger at some people who were late here today, but I'm not going to. And uh, you know them because they were baptized here. But that, that's a, a, an Afghan family who came to the drop-in last summer. Uh, we're with us. very typical, everything we do is mostly it's, it's a transient nature. People come, they stay for a while, and then they move on. But uh, they were with us for about six months, and then they moved to Birmingham. September, October, something like that—I can't remember—and uh, fabulous family from Afghanistan. Hope I'm right; they are Shias, and uh, the the Taliban are Sunni. Taliban came to their village, murdered Fatima's husband, took away the other girl with the headscarf. Her name's Zara. Took away her twin brother to be a soldier with the Taliban, and. Uh, decimated their lives and she just they basically sold the farm that they have can you imagine the culture shock of coming to Ireland I mean she's never been to Tesco's never used electric cookers and all of these kind of things and suddenly she's in Ireland displaced but they came here to our country seeking refuge as refugees as asylum seekers and That's one of the brilliant things about our country. We still accept people who are outsiders, people who are desperate, desperate enough to sell your farm. She was afraid for her boys to become, the Taliban would come back and kill them or take them. So she brought them here for refuge and we got to know them and with the privilege of helping them just for a while along the way and then they moved on. We'll move on very quickly. Don't know if you've ever seen that fella before. (laughs) He's a bit dodgy. But you know, one of the real joys for me in the drop-in is people come in and this guy came in one day and he says, I want to be a volunteer. I says, okay, well, why do you want to be a volunteer? Tell me something about yourself. Well, he says, my name's Michael. I'm I'm from England, from Gravesend. I said, great, that's great. I says, "Uh, what have you been doing in your life? Well, he said, for the last two years, I've been working in London with OM trying to reach Muslim people with the gospel. And I said, Amen, because a lot of people who are coming into us are Muslims and I have no experience. I don't know how to share my faith with a Muslim. You're just the person that God wants for us. And time and time again, we've seen this in the drop-in, God brings people alongside us. And you wonder, why is God bringing that person alongside us? Because... Usually, God has a purpose for it. Now, that's one we should be marking in church. If people are being drawn into church, we should be asking ourselves, why is God bringing that person to church? And maybe all God wants you to do or wants me to do is, is get alongside that person for a while and, and listen to their story and, and then let God do the rest. Michael was drawn alongside us by God, and I said, well, why did you come to Ireland? He said, I met this girl through OM and he says, I've come to Ireland to ask her to marry me. I says, Well, more part of your elbow. Good on you. And she married him and they were married here in this church. And Michael's, uh, go ahead to the next slide. Michael's I just took this a fresh slide this week. Michael is a wonderfully gifted young man and I believe it's God's purpose. And it's our privilege in Fitzroy with me that God has drawn him alongside us. He's very good at sharing his faith in the drop-in. And that was last Wednesday out on the street. Uh, it looks a bit bare. There's usually far more than that. There's usually at least two or three Iranians uh, standing there with them. I usually see Mahmoud there and uh, Armagan or Elham and uh, Armin, another Iranian guy, And there's usually a nice wee crowd there. And they they give out tea and coffee and just talk to people out on the street about Jesus. And that's what we read in John's Gospel. That's what Jesus is about. It's about being out there. And in fact, that guy that Michael was talking to came into the church and prayed with us afterwards. Uh, So it's really important that we're out and about the Queen said she to be believed she had to be seen. And I think for us to be believed we need to be seen. We need to be out there. Go ahead, we'll, we'll move very quickly. That was a Chinese girl uh, who came to church with us for a while and just sitting over there one Sunday morning in church she said to me, how do I become a Christian? And while you were getting the tea and coffee there she bowed her head and prayed for Jesus to be her saviour right here in the service. And I thought that was a lovely thing. She's moved on. Keep going. Uh, We had so many Iranians coming along that... uh, Where am I? My notes. I better watch that. Uh, With so many Iranians coming along that with Elam Ministries and a guy called Wilson, uh, we decided that it would be a good idea if we had a service in Farsi. That's the the language of the Persian people. So we bring a preacher up from Dublin, a guy called Davut, and he speaks on the third Sunday in the month. If you speak Farsi and you want to practice it, you can come along. And uh, we have a whole big group of people there, and he preaches the gospel in Farsi. And then they share a lot of food. A lot of things that we do are around food. And listen, read your Bible. Look how many times where Jesus is, he's on his way to food. He's sitting at food, or he's reclining at the table having eaten food. Food is our bait. It's how we attract people, and we make no bones with anyone that in the drop-in, what we try to do is we try to share the love of Jesus Christ. But if a person comes to our drop-in and we share the good news with them and they're not interested, it doesn't matter. We're still friends with them. They're still welcome and we still respect them. But of course, we would love everyone to become Christians, to be safe. But that's our Farsi service. It's the third Sunday in the month. Go ahead. That's my last slide. That's our Facebook page. And uh, you can visit that drop some comments. I'm very poor. at. I, I, I'm a member of Facebook, but I never look at it. I don't know why I have it. Uh, but we have a Facebook page. I don't know why I have that either, but we need people to go and drop some nice comments and, and things like that. It should kind of tell you the things that are happening uh, in the drop-in. So we'll leave that slide up, and I want to move on very quickly because I'm, I'm nearly finished. So Do you know when I came to Belfast with the Irish Mission, we're nearly finished, you've done very well, my first description as an Irish Mission worker is to do the work of an evangelist, that's to share the gospel, and that's what we do in the drop-in, but my second item on my uh, job description, because I came here to work for the BMI with the Presbytery of South and East Belfast, so they're my kind of controlling group, but they were concerned So they made my second uh, area of responsibility was to get other people involved in ministry. It wasn't just to do it myself, but it's to provide opportunities for other people to get involved in ministry. Obviously, Michael is, is with us in that now, doing that as well. But at the minute, I've counted about 50 people. We have about 50 volunteers from between 12 and 15 churches helping us in the drop-in. Now, it might only be one night a month for two hours or three hours, but that's how many people that we have involved in the work. And you know, it's, I want to say to us all here today that two of the most well-known verses in the Bible are Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. They're stamped on walls all over Northern Ireland. It is by grace that we are saved through faith. It's not from ourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We're saved by grace. We're saved through faith. Okay? But verse 10 tells us a much more important or an equally important verse. In my mind, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Every single one of us who are in Christ here this morning, every single one of us have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. There's people you can reach that I can't reach. As you go to work tomorrow, as you go to school tomorrow, as you go to the university or wherever you're going tomorrow, and you go back to your own family group, There's people there that only you can reach. We're all called to work and to share the good news of what Christ has done in our lives. And we have about 50 people helping us at the minute in the drop-in. And as our activities increase, I hope that more of us here in Fitzroy will be involved in that work. And you know, my final word is this. Well, nearly my final word. Preachers are all liars, aren't they? They all stand up there and say, just, just one more thing, and just, I mean, where, where, where do you get that from? You know, you go on forever. But I want to finish where I began with the Queen. She said to be believed, she had to be seen. And friends, I think that's one of our weaknesses as a church. One of our weaknesses as a church is, that not just, fit, I'm not just speaking about Fitzroy. I think in general, why are our churches emptying? Why are there less and less people going to church? Well, primarily because all of our activities happen in here. Now, that's good for the body of Christ because we need to nurture the body of Christ and the body of Christ needs to to grow up and, and to be built up as each part does its work. But outside, to be believed, we need to be seen. We need to be out there and you do it on a Thursday night, and, and that's really good what Jonathan's going to do on a Tuesday night. Just go out there. Doesn't matter what you go out with, just go in Christ's name. And we're thinking about that through Lent, prayer, Bible reading, and service. So think about that. And who does this work? Well, it's not just the minister and the elders. When the church were scattered in Acts chapter 8, who was it that shared the gospel everywhere? It was the people who were scattered, because the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, the people who were scattered, they shared the good news. Can I encourage you today, think about your calling. God has called you to do good works. Look for them. Get alongside people. That's what we do in the drop-in, and that's what you're involved with already with us, and I want to thank you very much to everyone here particularly who comes on a Tuesday night or if you help at the Sunday lunch as well. Thank you to everyone and thank you for letting me speak this morning. Amen.